Amen. Man. The last time I spoke was, um, it's like my first, it, it was, I was telling Canada, I was like, I'm like a little bit nervous because I haven't spoken since like last October. And, um, right? Yeah. Time flies so fast. It really does. Um, but yeah, like that's what, like four months ago? So I was a little nervous just because like, but it's so funny because past couple of a month, the past couple of months, like the Holy Spirit has just been like dropping sermons in my spirit and sermons that I'm not preaching. And it's so funny because in my head, they're like sermons and messages, right? And because I was so used to, you know, like sharing with you guys constantly, um, for the past few months, not sharing, but still receiving messages, the Holy Spirit was like, you don't receive messages because you sh- you're supposed to share them. Like you receive messages because they're for you. Because you need to hear them. Listen, the preaching that happens on Wednesdays and Sundays is not meant to sustain your relationship with God. You need, okay. The preaching that happens on Wednesdays and Sundays is not meant to sustain your relationship with God. And if you're in here today and you don't have a relationship with God, then I encourage you guys, like, to just jump in. I don't know if you guys can already feel it in the atmosphere, but God is in this place, and he has nothing but good things for you. Amen? Let's open up our Bibles to Daniel chapter 3. We will start in verse 7. So I'm going to give you some context. Everyone say context. Uh, there was three men, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. I'm going to call them three, the three men because I'm not going to say those names over and over again because I will get them wrong. It's going it's gonna to end, end up being like, you know, like the three musketeers is in my bed. So, VeggieTales? Shadrach and Benny? Shadrach and Benny. The three men. Call them the three men. The three men. So they, they were, so this takes place in a nation called Babylon. At this point, it is the strongest nation in the entire world. And it is led by a king. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. And these three young men, they were Jews. They were Hebrews. Um, and they were captured. But the king saw and, like, the officials saw, like, God's anointing on their life and how God was with them. And so they got promoted super quick to, like, it was, like, the king. And then it was, like, his counselors, which was, like, they were part of that. Like, they had, a lot, they had a lot of power in Babylon, which was the strongest kingdom in the world, which is awesome because when you follow God, like, he will take you to where you need to go. So many times we're the ones that are, that are striving for that promotion. We're striving for, like, um, for like someone's attention. We're, whatever you're striving for, like, everything you need is, like, in Christ. And when you step into the spiritual, when you step into that relationship with God, he will lead you to where you need to go. And many times how you thought it was going to happen, God's like, nope, it's going to happen this way. And that's why it's so important to be sensitive to how God is leading you. Amen? Amen? Three young men, and they're helping King Nebuchadnezzar lead an entire nation. King Nebuchadnezzar, by the way, does not believe in God. He believes in himself. And we see that because there's people, there's some haters. I'm going to say haters. And I'm sure every single one of you has some haters at school, maybe some haters in your family, right? And listen, by the end of the story, you're going to know exactly what to do to get the haters to shut up. I think. And it's not because I believe it's because we'll just see it. We'll just see it. We'll let the Bible speak for itself. So three young men, and um, they have some haters because, like, they're doing really well, and they're blessed, and they're being prosperous. And some people are just like, man, we don't like them. 
What do they do? Oh, yeah, they, they pray three times a day. They serve as God. Hmm, you know, we know what we're going to do? We're, we're, we're going to get them to stop. We're going to get them to stop serving God. We're going to get them to shut up. We're going to make them choose between God or living. Here's what we're going to do. So, so people conspire against him. They go to King Nebuchadnezzar, and they say, King, you are awesome. You are mighty. You know what? You know, you know what? entire nation of Babylon should worship you. Right now, everyone can kind of worship who they want, and they have this God and that God. You know what? We should just make one religion, and that religion follows you, king, because you're, sp- you're special. You're awesome. They're puffing him up. They're kissing his hiney, are they not? And so King Nebuchadnezzar is like, you know what? That's a great idea. Let's build a golden statue of me, and at a certain time of day, actually, this is literally where we're going to pick up now. So they make this golden idol, which is a statue of King Nebuchadnezzar, and so this is where we pick it up. So at that time, when all the people heard the horn, the flute, the harp, and lyre, in symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. We'll stay right there. There's, uh, there was now an established culture. And the three young men had a decision. And it's the same decision that every single one of us have. The fact that you're in church, you're going against the culture. And even more so, the fact that you're in this church, you're going against culture. Because not only is there a worldly culture, but there's also a culture among churches where there's no accountability, there's no power, where, 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 where um, church is meant to make you feel good so you can do what you want, come to church, feel better about yourself so you can keep living your own life. That is not this church, people. That is not this church. At this church, we believe that there's a living God who has good plans for you, good thoughts for you, a hope and a future for you. And all we're trying to do here, everyone say reconciliation. All we're doing is we're saying, Gio, meet Jesus. He can change your life. That's all we're saying in this church. That's it. That's it. We have no other, like, what do you, like, there, there was teachers at a high school, which I will not mention, um, it might be down the street. It might not be down the street. And there was teachers, not this one, by the way. Not this one. But there was teachers who, when I first started going to church, my, she was a great person, great mentor to me. But when she found out I was going to this church, she got upset. She was like, I heard they control you, and I heard they do this, and I heard they do that. And from being here for, gosh, almost now, for being here for almost eight years now, um, it's like, it's so funny because she has the perspective of an outsider, but not of an insider, right? She, she's she's um, <laughs> so funny. She's judging a book by its cover, and we're the judgmental ones. She hasn't experienced what we've all experienced, and she's thinking, you know, you're brainwashed, and you're – here, let, let, let me just say something because I've, I've had this conversation with, like, with, um, with, like, teachers and, you know, people in school because – because they're like, oh, like, Joel, like, you're smarter than that. I had a, I'm not saying I had a great, I mean, I had 3.6 GPA. So it, it got me into some UCs. It was great that I didn't go to anyway because <laughs> I followed Jesus instead. That's a, story for, that's a story for a different Wednesday. But so they would tell me, like, you're smarter than that. You, you're, you're capable of so much. Why are you wasting your life here? Why are you going to believe in this? Why, why, why? They're asking just, like, why would you throw away everything that you're, like, striving for, and now you're going to work for a church for free for a year? Like, are you crazy? Like, what's wrong with you? They started, because of my decisions, they started to discount my intellect. 
And here was, and here, here was my, like, I guess, like, rebuttal. I was like, okay, like, you believe I'm a smart person? Yeah, you believe I can logically make decisions? Yeah. So if I'm going to follow this person named Jesus, wouldn't there be some sustenance to that? Wouldn't there be a foundation to that? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be something, if you trust that I'm an intellectual person, wouldn't me following this, wouldn't it make you curious to see what is it that he's believing because I know he's not crazy? Because either two things, either I know what I'm talking about or I'm completely crazy. So either you believe that I'm crazy or I'm not, but you can't tell me I'm an intellect and a crazy person at the same time, right? Wow. Right? Yeah. I gotta breathe, man. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love Jesus. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I just believe you got to drink water. My mouth gets dry so fast. Great. So is the youth. Later. Save it for later. You can see me after class. There's, we see in Babylon there is an established culture. And we live in a culture where we hear. Can you go back, brother? <clears throat> We live in a culture where we hear certain instruments. We hear certain sounds. We hear a certain call to action culture where, we, where there, there, there are these cues of I hear it, and now I'm going to bow down to what it's calling for. There's a culture that worship. We live in a culture that worships money, that worships fame, that worships Instagram likes, that worships followers. How much followers are that? Where, where we, we, we worship, listen, listen, guys, you will worship what you think will give you value. You will worship, listen, how do, how do people spend four hours on Instagram? Why, listen, does someone spend four hours on Instagram if they didn't find any value in it? Listen, time is like money, guys. You're not going to spend money on things you don't think are valuable. You're going to spend your time in places you think is valuable. So for someone, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, if you spend four hours on Instagram, then God help you. But for some of us, okay, let me, let me, I'm going to hit you guys a little bit harder, okay? We spend six hours on Netflix. We're, listen, just, just listen to the word, I'm spending my time. And here's the thing about time is that you can't earn it back, you can't get it back, you can't get a return you can't spend six hours on Instagram like, oh, man, you know what? This is a dumb decision. I want a refund. You cannot get a refund on time. You only have today. You only have this moment. You only have this hour. Sweet spot. Thank you, sir. Yesterday was a, yesterday was a listen, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a perfect person, and I'll, and I'll prove it to you from yesterday, but yesterday was just a crazy day, and I'm not saying, like, I don't, like, don't feel bad for me. Like, I did the best I could. I followed Jesus with, every, with everything I had. Like, it wasn't a bad day, but just because I didn't have a bad day doesn't mean that I didn't act in certain ways. I didn't act busy, and here's what I mean. So yesterday, my mom, my mom was going to have an operation, and so I woke up at 4.45, picked her up at 5.30, dropped her off at 6 o'clock, came to work. After, picked her up. She was, like, not feeling well, so, like, she's like, please drive really slow because she was really dizzy. And we're driving home, and my mind is on, you know, like today. My mind is on Sozo Camp. My mind is on Shop Hops. My mind, my mind is everywhere else but that moment. And here's the thing. When, when just it's the same thing of, of what Pastor has been speaking on Sundays is that when, you're, when your mind is on the past or the future, you are blind to the moment. You are 
flying to this moment. And my mom just checked me so hard. I was like, oh, she's my mom. But she just turned to me. She's like, are you in a hurry? Are you in a hurry? I was like, um, in my head, I'm like, yeah. But I'm not going to tell her that, right? I'm not going to tell her. I was like, yeah. But I was like, but then the Holy Spirit was like, okay, like you thinking about everything else in the world but this moment is not going to help anything. Jesus put it this way, is worrying will not make you taller, will not add a cubit to your stature. Like worrying has no benefit whatsoever at all. It consumes you with things that probably won't even happen. Anyway. She's, and so she says, she says, are you, are, are you in a hurry? And I was like, no. And then, like, the Holy Spirit just checked me. I was like, you're not in the moment. Your mom, one, isn't feeling well. And two, she's, I mean, she's a person too, right? She needs to be ministered to. She needs my love as her son. And so the Holy Spirit checked me. And so, so I, just, I just, I put on some music, told mom I love you. If you need anything, you're good. And, but just like, it just, it just changed. It, it, my, my mind went from everywhere else. And I was like, you know what? The only moment that matters is the moment that I have right now. We're going we're gonna to pause on Daniel. Let's go to Acts chapter 25. Sorry, no, wait, no. Acts chapter 16. Do I want to go there? Holy Spirit, help. Yeah, we'll go there. Acts chapter Paul and Silas were preaching God's word, which is a good thing. They, they, they've done nothing wrong, and now they're in jail. They've done nothing wrong, and now they're in jail. It's like, like that student where everyone around that student's talking, and that one kid's not talking, and then, or maybe that was you, that happened to me so much, where I was just like sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh, these kids will not be quiet. And then, Joel, see me after class. <laughs> Have you guys seen that, um, that white monkey? Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> I love, every time I see that, it brings so much joy to my heart. So much joy. It's a cat. It's a cat. I don't know what it is. It's funny. That's what it is. <laughs> Stay focused. So check this out. So check this out. They're in prison for doing nothing wrong. And it is now midnight. And check this out. Like, look at it from this perspective, okay? Paul and Silas, they're in prison. They only have that moment. They, Paul and Silas did such a great job, so did Jesus, by the way. They did such a great job of living in the moment, of what, of, I'll, I'll put it this way, like, they were really good at loving the person that was in front of them. Uh, they were really good at loving the person in front of them. No matter what situation they were in, whoever was in front of them, they loved them. And even no one was in front of them, it's okay, I'm going to love Jesus. Like, there were, they left no room for doubt. They left no room for annoyance. They left no room for boredom. They left no room for worrying. They left no room for fear. They left no room for complaining. No matter what situation they were in. Check this out. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Oh, my gosh. So if you guys are called, as, as we're talking about with King Nebuchadnezzar, he establishes a culture where you hear this song, you hear this instrument, and, and it, it's a call to the culture to bow down to an idol. And we have been called to influence the culture, not to be influenced by the culture. 
And so here we are, Paul and Silas, there, there isn't, I'm pretty sure we can all agree that there is an established culture in prison. You're a prisoner, you're in shackles, you have no freedom, but yet Paul and Silas, they still have the freedom to worship. It doesn't matter what situation they're in, they're choosing to praise and worship. Here's the thing, here's the thing. Satan's, Satan's going to, listen, I, if I look at this, I could admit, Satan hit him pretty hard. You're preaching God's word, you're out in the streets, you're doing good, and then now you're in prison. They got hit. But here's the thing, when you choose Jesus in every situation, God will be like, let's get back up, let's hit him twice as hard. Let's hit him ten times as hard. Because even though Satan was able to get Paul and Silas to be in prison, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. I don't know what situation you're in. And I don't know how hard Satan has hit you. But just start praising and worshiping and start trusting in Jesus. And God will literally hit Satan ten times better. Harder. Amen. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open... Supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and was about to kill himself. I'm going to say, oh, no. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, do yourself no harm, for we, all are, we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down, trembling before. I love this. He, how the prisoner, the, the, sorry, the, the, the guard knew exactly where to go. I'm going to go to Paul and Silas. It's like he knew that they caused it. Obviously, it was Jesus, but, like, listen, when God starts moving in your life, he's going to start, you're going to attract people who need Jesus. Listen, I don't want people to be attracted to me because I have nothing to give them. I want people to be attracted to me because I want them to meet the God that lives inside of me. Listen, fam, he's real. He brought them out and said, sirs, <laughs> sirs, so funny, just a word, sirs. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. They got whipped bad, by the way. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into, the house, into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all of his household. Man, this guy went from, oh my gosh, this is so good. This guy went from almost committing suicide to like rejoicing in the Lord. Only God can do that, guys. Only God can do that. Here's my point. Paul could have been in prison with silence and be like, man, this sucks. Just got to wait here and wait for us to get out. God will do something eventually. It's like, no, like God, they're like, you know what? I don't care what situation I'm in because my relationship with God isn't contingent on my circumstance because he lives inside of me. And, God, and when God moves, it gives them the opportunity to love the one that's in front of them. When you guys live a life where you give Jesus lordship, he's going to lead you in situations that seem rough, that seem tough, but recognize that there's a purpose. Paul and Silas are like, you know what, there's a purpose for everything. I'm going to love the person in front of me, and I'm going to let Jesus shine through in every situation. Because if God is leading me, then he's leading me to places, and it doesn't matter where it is, I'm going to love whoever he's trying to reach. Because God loves people. It's not like God, God didn't send to a prison because the prison needed a shaking. Because people there who needed him, 
And God's like, I'm going to reach them. And it might not look pretty. It might not sound pretty. But I'm going to reach them. And if you will be my vessel, you're going to experience things like an earthquake. Paul and Silas were like, oh. And then like, it breaks off. It's like, wow. God is good. Let's do it again. Throw me in prison. See what happens. Paul had the attitude. What are you, you going to do? You're going to kill me? Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the what are you going to do? Or if you kill me, my the, our disciples who love Jesus, they'll just raise me from the dead. You've got nothing on me because I don't live in the natural. I live in the supernatural. Back to Daniel. Back to Daniel. Daniel chapter 3 verse 8. So there's a call to worship the culture. And these three young men, they now have a choice. Am I going to come under the culture or am I going to defy the culture because I serve a God who is above the culture? It wasn't, I don't know that it was, for the three men, I don't know that it was their intention to influence the culture, but I know God definitely had a plan for them. And we'll see it. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. And they spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sounds of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. Tattletales. They do not serve your gods nor worship, or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? That you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up. Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, oh my gosh, Lord, high leg. With all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Who is and who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Oh, that's a great question. So glad you asked. I got to say something first. Back to this. Um, I think constantly we're faced with situations where we're going to worship a culture or we're going to defy it. And, I mean, come on, they're going to get thrown into a fiery furnace. How easy would it be for them to be like, you know what, just this one time, just so like, like he kind of shuts up and like, you know, just this one time we'll bow. It's no big deal. I mean, what's going to happen? Like, in, we know in our hearts that we don't worship the gold image. We know in our, we, our God understands my heart. God understands that I got to work on Sundays. God understands that I don't have a lot of money, so I can't tie. God understands that I'm lonely, so I need someone by my side. God understands that people need to know what I'm wearing today. God, God, God understands. God understands my heart. He, 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 they have an opportunity to either 
Worship the culture, defy the culture. You know how many missed opportunities there have been in our lives because we said, you know what, God's going to understand just this one time. If they would have said just this one time, that would have been the end of the story. That's it. But they didn't. This is the message for Sozo Youth, guys. We're meant to be influences, influencers of the culture, not to be influenced by them. We're meant to be influencers of the culture, not to be influenced by them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hands, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Man, what a heart. Literally, they're like, listen, throw us in the furnace. God's going to save us, or he's not. Either way, we're not going to listen to you. <laughs> Could you imagine how mad King Nebuchadnezzar, actually, it shows us. <laughs> then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed. Sour face. Expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He, it was funny. Spoke and commanded that the heat, the furnace, they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. Oh, man. Oh, man. The devil is mad when you defy him. The devil gets so mad when you choose righteousness, when you choose Jesus. Come on. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor, <laughs> poor guys who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. And these men were bound in their coats or trousers or turbans and other garments, and they were cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took Shadrach, Meshach, and... I feel bad for those guys. We're just telling them, we're just doing what the king told us to do, and now they're dead. Sorry, guys. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's so funny how, like, they say, it's, it's almost like it's God saying, like, I'm going to make you say these names over and over and over again. Literally, and these three men, you could have just stopped right there and continued, but no, you got to say their names again. <laughs> Jesus, you're funny. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. What? What? And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He's <laughs> like, Did we, didn't we throw in three guys? Uh, yeah. This is true. Right? It was three, it was three of them, right? Yeah, three of them. Okay. Look! He answered, I see four men loose. Lo okay, point number one, Jesus loosens you. <laughs> you don't have to write that down, but you should. They, they were thrown in bound. I don't know if you guys know that or if you guys remember that. They were thrown in bound, and when they were cast into the fire, they were loosened. There might be some situations in your life that you need to go through in order to get a breakthrough. You need to go through 
there's certain situations in your life that you need to go through. There's certain situations in your life that you need to break through. And how are you going to get breakthrough without some breaking? Here's what Proverbs says. Just as the furnace is used to purify gold and silver, so does God do to the hearts of man. There's no breakthrough without some breaking, guys. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. What? And the form of the fourth is like the... Someone tell me who that is. Come on, say his name. Say it louder. Here's the thing. Jesus, Jesus appears there. It's, God didn't turn the fire off. God didn't throw water on the fire. God's like, no, you are able to withstand the heat because I'm right there next to you. No matter what situation you're in, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how much drama it gets, I'm right there with you. You can sustain it. You can, you can um, endure it because I'm right there with you. That's crazy, right? In other words, God's saying like, hey, you think the answer is like take away the fire? You think the answer is God take away this person from my life? You think the answer is God just take away the situation? Or you think God, all I need is more money? Or God, all I need is like a new home or a new job? God, all I need is like a better teacher? All I need is like some like better friends? All I need is like a better pastor? Mm -mm. Not this church. Come on, how many times have we prayed for a situation to just go away? Jesus, just get me out of this. Just get me out of this. And God's like, no, there's sufficiency in here and there's breakthrough here. You need this situation to, be, to go where I needed to go. I hope, I, I really hope this is encouraging someone. That in the midst of your situation, no matter how hot it gets, you can endure it, guys. Listen, there's people on the other side of that situation that needed to go through it. Tyler, you can come up. You're already coming up. Great. Holy Spirit. We won't read it when you get home, but check this out. King Nebuchadnezzar, astonished. It's like, oh my gosh. That God is real. That God trumps anything else we believe. You know what? We are going to have a one religion nation, but it's not going to be towards me. And it's not going to be towards other other God. It's going to be to the God that these three men worship. They turned a whole nation around again because their haters turned everyone against them. And because they decided to go through that situation, go through that. Thank you. Have you seen, you remember in Toy Story where like he gets too close to Woody and he gets like. <laughs> Anyways, there's people on the other side of the fire that need you to go through that fire, guys. Wow. King Nebuchadnezzar declares that one, a, a, a one religion nation to serve their gods. Listen, the culture tried to hit him and bring him down and tried to influence them. And when they said no, they turned everything around and influenced the culture. Guys, this is our destiny. Every single one of us. You think you don't have 
Oh, hi. <laughs> you think you don't have the power to change the culture of your baseball team? You think you don't have the power to change the culture of your football team? Come on. You think you don't have the power to change the culture of your home? I'm blessed because I hear testimonies of people in a home deciding to defy the normalcy, the culture of that home, and everyone follows. Because they're not following the culture, they're following something greater. You think you can't influence the culture of your workplace? Of your, of your circle of influence? Every single one of us, we were created to be, we were created to have dominion. We weren't created to be under a culture. We were created to influence a culture and bring people to someone that they need. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.